Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 209 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC. Yeah, How's things, mate, in the, what, two hours since I last saw you? No, I'm, I'm incredibly tired because we've been out golfing. It's the most sunlight, sunlight I've been exposed to for a fair while. And uh, it's the most exercise I've been exposed to for a while as well. So I'm, I'm actually ready for bed, to be honest. All right, well... Maybe we can put our worries about relegation to bed with another win against Crystal <laughs> Palace. Uh, 29 points from 29 games. The dizzying heights of 13. Are we going to be okay? Ah, oh, fuck no. Is <laughs> <laughs> the best way to put it. Um, I mean, if you win back-to-back games, you've got as good a chance as anyone at this rate. Um, apart from Southampton, who, uh, between them and Leicester, are trying their damn hardest to not stay up at this point. Yeah, we'll come on to Leicester in a bit, um, because there's been news. Not officially, but looks like it. But we'll talk about the game itself. So, uh, Leeds 2, Nottingham Forest 1. Uh, it's almost weird to say this, but we started fairly well, even though the only things that they did were in the first 12 minutes. Um, so we'll get that out of the way very early on um, we give away a cheap corner and Nottingham Forest hit the post from it in what looked like in the ground a really really good chance there's there's a rook of bodies isn't there I think there's a bit of a block and then it falls to I, I'm I believe, not going to pretend to know who it um, was no, I think it sort of came in about chest height, and I think Bamford ends up like chesting it down almost, but just because it's all he can get on the ball. And I think it's a manual Dennis that has the chance. And Bamford sort of closes off the angle well, but he hits the post. And I must admit, having seen it back, Bamford's arm is out like this, like really straight out sideways. Mm. If he, uh, it's quite lucky that went that he just missed the shot because it'd have hit Bamford's arm. It could have been a like. He could it's easily send him off. And he could yeah. have sent him off for it because mm. it was not far off the line. Uh, but they had that. That was a warning. We were in a bit of trouble. And then uh, Luke Ayling goes to clip, just makes a mess of it. Emmanuel Dennis again down the left. Picks out a good pass to Orville Mangala at Egypt Box. Good turn past Sinistera. If a more defensive player had made the attempt at a tackle that Sinistera made, I'd probably be a bit annoyed. But comes with the territory a bit, and Mangala finishes well. Ah, shit. Here we go again. And, um... For Nottingham Forest's fifth goal away from home of the season, you just there thinking, this is Leeds. This is Leeds all over. And I did say almost word for that, word for that in, the, in the ground. I did say, like, Fucking hell! Like, these have only scored four away goals all season, and you've ch- and you've given them one so early, and now they've got something to sit back and defend. Now, what I hadn't realised was that they would just sit back and defend, and they also aren't very good at it. <laughs> um, so like that, it was a good finish to be fair to him. Um, and we were just like, there was a little bit of anger in the stands and stuff, but there is a difference. Uh, with Gracia's recent, with Leeds' recent form under Gracia, there is a little bit more trust there now. So after the initial, you know, fuck's sake, Leeds, all of that, it it kind of calmed down. Everyone went, look, we've had all the ball here. You know, that's their first shot on target. Let's see what happens. And as it turns out, it was their only shot on target for the entire game. And I think another thing that really helped, and this always helps. Yeah, they took the lead, but it was only eight minutes before we were back level. Yeah, they we we got ourselves back together fairly quickly, which which was really nice to see because you worry that even though in in sort of the you look at the, maybe the Chelsea game for example, where yes we went behind, but we we continued to create chances. Ultimately, that is a game where we probably should be losing. Whereas you think, oh, if this is happening in a relegation rival, is this gonna, is this gonna really affect them? You know, is this is this gonna sort of 
tank morale fairly quickly, but they, they got straight back in. Um, and pretty much from then on, absolutely dominated possession as well. Yeah, I don't know what the actual number was, but actually I've got it here, so I can find out. But it was in it was like 63% possession or something like that. Um, 62, according to BBC. Um, so, yeah, Leeds, if this game are doing 2-0, if you take that one goal out early on, you'd be saying this was such a comfortable win. Uh, 20th minute, Jack Harrison cutting inside. Turns turns down a cross, which somebody were happy with, but cuts in, past to McKenney, onto Rocker. Rocker, good strike. Not an amazing effort, but strikes it well. Navas parries it straight out. And Harrison is the only one who reacts. Like, Forest fans must have been fuming because their defenders just did not move. And Pat Bamford thought about reacting to it, and I'm really glad he didn't because he yeah. was a mile offside when that was hit. Um yeah. We we did get a little bit lucky in the build up to that because um, McKinney's layoff was absolutely dreadful. Yeah, he seems, was... he seems to roll it with the bottom of his foot almost. Well, I think that's what he was trying to do. I think he was going for the little nonchalant pass, but it's a couple of yards behind where it should be if Locker's going to hit it. But yeah, so... Locker just still hits it well anyway. Yeah, you see him. He, Rocker makes the adjustment and and he gets good contact with it. I would imagine if you're a Forest fan, you'd be disappointed with where Navas has parried this to. Yeah. Because it needs pushing wide or behind for a corner. And it's a slight diagonal to Jack Harrison, basically. Yeah, a keeper with that much experience who's won the Champions League and all of that. It is poor goalkeeping. But Harrison gets there first and he finishes really confidently. He doesn't. There's no like trying to make sure it goes right in the corner or anything like that. He's got the awareness. To, he's got no. If I just hit this hard and not straight at him, it's a goal, and that's what he does. Uh, Harrison was really pretty good in this game. I wish he'd have got it first because that was my bet. But oh well. Um, it was then basically it was all leads for the rest of the half. Um, not massive chances except for one where Rocker got in behind uh, from a throw in. He beat his man. Great pullback to Bamford, who tried to flick it in with the outside of his left foot and basically knocked it square across the box. Um, if he'd have hit it worse, Sinistera might have had a tap-in. Yeah. Uh, but he hit it just the wrong amount. <laughs> um, it's quite funny. Just You watch the follow-up to that as well. As Sinistera plays it inside, and there's about three players where I think the pass all just ends up just a shade behind them. So each one of them gets a touch and is just frantically trying to turn to get a shot away. And it's like, right, no, fine, I'll, I'll lay it off to Brendan Benedict. No, it's behind him. Just someone hit it. Yeah. <laughs> just someone put it in front of someone and hit it. Yeah, that was one thing in this game. For all, we were dominant and we were by far the better side and we very much deserved the win. We we still weren't quite there in the final third, but there was shoots of hope in that regard. And one of them came just before half-time. Um, Firpo to Sinistera down the wing. Sinistera just squares up Nico Williams, who, in something that really helped, he got booked very early on. He got done and just rugby tackled him. It, it was a, a really stupid tackle. Yeah. It, because, yeah, I understand we were breaking away. But it's just a deliberate grab of the shirt, still inside Leeds' half. Like, there was plenty of time for people to recover. Mm. Um, and, I, and I thought, like, it, you know, if it, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'd say it's around, what, 10 minutes in or something like that. It's it's very early. It was definitely early. And it's, for, especially for a fullback playing against someone like Sinistera, I just thought, you just... You know, you're, clear, you're definitely not getting subbed anytime soon. You've given yourself a very tough evening all of a sudden. Yeah, and it was targeted as well. Leeds ended up doing a lot of build-up down both sides. Uh, and in the second half, it, there was a lot down the right, but I think that's because Forrest was showing us that way. Whereas in the first half, we had a lot more down the left and it looked way more effective. But yeah, um, one of them, Sinistera, gets ball, cuts inside Nico Williams. And he just did that exact right thing that players with that amount of quality do, 
when he first cuts inside, you hear the, a lot of the crowd start to shout, shoot. And he doesn't. He just does one extra little body feint to get another yard inside. Gets Williams out of the way. It makes the angle for the shot much better. And it's a cracking finish into the far corner. And we've sort of forgotten, I think, how good Sinistera looked at the start of this season because of all the injuries and how we haven't seen him. And because of Nonto. I think that it's yeah. sort of gone, gone a bit forgotten amongst the entire fan base. But Sinistera's really got a lot of quality. Yeah, it, it's... It... It's great to have him back because he is definitely a player of, of quality that we've missed this season. And you can see why ultimately the, the plan wasn't for Nonto to be featured as much this season because we had him and they are very similar players, you know, like to get wide and then cut inside mm. and have that ability. Um, you know, and you, you do it with a player that's, Played in the Europa League, you know, done it in the Eredivisie, and has proven quality. And we've, yeah. we've absolutely missed that depth as much as it's been nice seeing, you know, with Somerville in and, and Nonto there. The, the fact we have these options now to rotate them because Nonto's probably had it, you know, a, a quieter last couple of months. Um, and probably at his age, it, it's not the worst thing for him to come out of the team and be on the bench for a few weeks. And when you've got a player as good as Sinistera to now step back in, um, I don't. It does make you wonder how, if we should have set up differently against Arsenal. If if it would have been any different because he was so quiet on the right hand side against Arsenal, didn't get a lot of the ball, um, and. Whether that's because his game, you know, he isn't about getting to the byline and looking for the pullback or getting an early cross in. Um, I don't know, but I think it's, you know, quite clear. As much as I love Jack Harrison as a left winger, you are probably more likely to get goals out of Sinistera on that left-hand side. Yeah. Uh, one good thing about this was Harrison had one of his best games on the right. Um, it, it looked a lot better, which I'm really pleased to see. And as we're on the topic, I will, we will mention we might as well talk about it now because that's half time, two one. Uh, Jack Harrison has signed a new five year deal at Leeds. Excellent news. That's really yeah. good for a player we nearly sold. Yeah, well, as for, it was one of them, wasn't it? Where my worry was we weren't going to do either. You either had to give him a new contract or you had to sell him in January. And I was worried that we were going to do neither and just sell him cheap in the summer. But the, I am he is one of the more inconsistent players I have seen. His actual variance of performance is probably bigger than most players I've ever seen in the lead shirt. Because I have seen him have every bit of a 10 out of 10 game and I have also seen him have every bit of a 1 out of 10 game. But he is... I, I suppose the way I would think about it is... Especially an English player, and you do need to have some for your squad and stuff. Do you think that you're getting better than him for any less than 25, 30 million? No, I, I honestly, I, I think, I think players like him are, are difficult to come by. I, I, I genuinely think he has one of the best first touches of a footballer I've ever seen. Yeah, most um, days. Most days, yeah. He has the odd one where it deserves it. <laughs> it's when you see one and he goes to bring one out of the air and it just skims off the top of his boot and everyone just goes, ooh. Mm. But, you know, he... I, th I think his understanding of the defensive side of, of, of his role is right up there as well. And uh, there'll always be stuff you can point at. You know, we, we spoke about the, the Ben White goal last time of him checking over his shoulder about nine times and then just he looked up once more and he was gone. But, mm. you know, marking on the edge of the six-yard box is not going to be his forte. But he he always supports his fullback, whichever side he's on. Um, It does work. You know, I think he's getting much better as an as an, in, an inverted winger as well mm. than 
than he was at the start of the season. And I wonder if that's because, again, his starting point is by the touchline. It's not 10 yards in field. Mm. Uh, well, I think I, I would assume that all the wingers feel a bit more comfortable now. Um, we're not pressing in the same way we were. It's a lot more relaxed. But one one of Harrison's big strengths is I do think he's very good at pressing. And he, he works his bollocks off. Um, I also quite like... You know when he's played in a midfield three? And mm. he's been like... one. He's not there yet. But I, I, I think that is an option. Like, I think he's good enough to do it. He should. We should probably never be starting a game like that. But there will be situations when you're chasing a game where maybe that won't be the worst idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was when he came off the bench. Was it the was it the Cardiff game when he came off the bench? And I think that's the first time I'd seen him sort of going in. It was basically him and Mark Rocker mm. as as sort of the midfield two, and he just became the legs. Yeah, um, came into it as well then. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's. he's Proving his versatility. I know obviously Bielsa had brief looks at him as a as a left back and as a striker with you know I think the, the left back stuff was in the twenty threes as was and Yeah, there was there was there was a point where he was suspended for the first team and he went in the tw- and he went in the twenty threes and started at left back in a back four. Uh yeah. which I, I think he can play wing back. I don't think he can play left back. There was a point up, un- up until maybe a year ago, where I said on here several times, I still could see him ending up as a left back. And when I, I watch, there was, you know, if you know that game against Forest, for instance, because they were sat back and they were crap. Hmm. If our left side had been Jack Harrison and Sinistera, that'd have been absolutely fine. Yeah. And we'd have probably looked as much, and Thurpo had a good game, but like for. The vast majority of the game, that would have been absolutely fine. It's just if you couldn't play him there in a game where you're expecting to have to defend a lot. I mean, I look at this this setup now and wonder how well he would work playing centrally with Bamford in this team. Mm. Because I, I've said before, and I still maintain from this game, I, I think out of possession, I think Aronson and Bamford works really well. Like I think they're, they're very well organised in when they press. Aronson has the energy to put himself about. You know, um, it's whenever we give him the football that I tend to have an issue with what he does in a game. Um, and I wonder if you could get away with a team of Sinister and Somerville out wide and Harrison and Bamford in the middle. It would be an option, but there's options ahead of it for certain. Um like I am wondering if we might end up seeing, the, even this season, one Rodrigo playing at ten, which we saw a bit in this game against Forest, and two Nonto not being a ten, being two up front, yeah, like re- really pushing on. But I think that we might see it at some point. Uh, but yeah, I'm very glad Jack Harrison signed a new deal. Um, it's. I would be surprised if he is here for all five years. But if you get three years and a sale, that's probably pretty good. Um, we will go back to the game. Second half, because there isn't loads to talk about in the second half, weirdly. Leeds just were better pretty much the whole way through without being good enough in the final third to really create good chances. Like Sinistera curled one wide from the edge of the box, it was a good effort. Um, probably the best chance was there was a long ball forward that two Forest defenders went for, and they accidentally just flicked it on to Bamford, who was in acres of space. And Bamford really struck the ball really nicely four yards wide. Um, yeah, I, I looked at it, and I, the, the annoying thing is, I am certain he basically scored a similar goal from a similar position against Stoke in the run-in to promotion. The one that went in off like both posts. Yeah, it, you know, it's a, it's a fairly similar angle. It's probably, it's different because I think this one's bouncing. Um, but, yeah, it's a frustrating night for, for Pat, I think. He had that moment when he, he got the ball, 
in Forest half, back to goal, and seemed to work his way 15 yards towards our goal with just touches that just kept going away from him. And he, he eventually got his way out of there, I think. But there was a moment where we just look in, because, again, at 2-1, we are a nervous fan base at the yeah, best of he, times. And you're just looking going, just, just, just do, do something, lay it off, just, just do <laughs> something. Right, he's got away, fine. And I think he got a free kick at the end of yeah. it. But you just again, like, please, just no. If you fall over and they break now, yeah, there was one bit where he came forward with the ball and he played one of the worst through balls I've ever seen in my life. He just like passed it straight to the forest defender. <laughs> it was really poor, but he had he had an odd game. Bamford. It was that thing that we've said a million times, and everyone in the fan base has said Leeds looked better for having Patrick Bamford up front. The entire shape looked better. The way the team played worked better. Patrick Bamford himself didn't have a great game. He didn't have a bad one either. He just wasn't there. Um, there was one other big chance, which was in literally the last minute, where some of them went clean through and missed. But having seen it, it back literally on literally the last kick, yeah. But having seen it back on telly, it was a yard offside, and the line and the assistant did give offside because I thought that that miss had cost me my bet, <laughs> but it didn't. I mean, um, the, it, it's there was worth one... saying. As one-on-ones go, bear in mind he, you know, he's been in that position before for us. Mm. Oh, it was an abysmal finish. Yeah, it was. It was terrible. Like I'm so glad it was the last kick of the game, but you know there wasn't one last chance for them to go forward because again, one one-on-one central area, four yards wide. I didn't. I didn't see this, but they mentioned it on the match ball. Apparently, because the full-time whistle went straight after, Willie Nonto ran straight on the pitch to take the piss out of him. <laughs> Which, Good support. I like friends. that. <laughs> um, i say second half, Leeds were just, they just had the ball and were better than them. Um, Rodrigo came on for Aronson and went into 10, and Somerville came on for Sinistera. Um, and then, like, in the absolute last minute, well, no, about two minutes from the end, Christensen came on for Bamford. Bamford, who should have gone off at about 75 minutes because he looked absolutely knackered. Um, but we weren't really under any pressure, apart from the last 10 minutes, where we sort of sat deep and allowed him to knock long balls forward, particularly Shelby. We were just like standing off him and letting him hit long balls. And obviously, he is very good at that. So that, but it, although it caused problems, it didn't. They didn't get any real chances out of it. Uh, like, the I, best I, hit was probably the one that Strout blocked. And if a I, shot's getting blocked 20 yards out, you can't call that a big chance. I uh, I want to nominate Pascal Strout for the Mark Verber Award of uh, getting in the way of absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, He just he took that upon himself. Just, no, nothing is getting through. And again, when you watch these things, because of the AI, they go... Jesus, don't like hit your arm, just yeah. please. But no, he was. I, I thought he he looked back to back to what he what he can be. Um, yeah. um, I suppose the the only real chance off those long balls was those one that Robin Cock missed, and that Taiwo Awani went through, and Strauk and Furpo went tear assing back after him, and Furpo defended it so well. <laughs> To just like he just chased him back and won the ball cleanly and turned away and played a good pass. And yeah, we were just solid all we, we were solid all the second half without being great. But there's a few things about the game that I thought were interesting. It's ve- it's been a long time since I've said this, where I was looking at a game and thinking, everyone is playing fine. And in the second half, that's what I was thinking. In the first half, Luke Ayling had an absolute mare. He was awful. But in the second half, he was fine. <laughs> yeah, I think at this point, it's happening a bit too much for me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't... I, as much as, you know, I don't... I could do with Leeds not having to come from 1-0 down any, again anytime soon. I also could do without seeing Luke Ayling coming from behind to to try and bring his game back to where it needs to be. You know, it's... We are not great as it is. Let's uh, let's not handicap ourselves. It's getting to the point where I'm like, uh, maybe we do need Christensen back in. Yeah. 
because the, um, the, the other side of it is, and, and look, I've, I've got no metrics to to prove my my point or anything like that. But I do, I'm starting to think that maybe Ailing's at a, a time of his career where he, where he needs to start thinking, I don't need to bomb on every time. Yeah, like I, I maybe I need to be a bit more selective about this. Yeah, I mean the first half. Because he's so loved by the fan base, he wasn't getting abused, but it was getting like it just kept messing up, and fans just kept going, "Oh God, he's done it again." But as I said, he did turn it round, and it's been—it's not even fair to say the second half. It was about 30, 35 minutes. He then got into gear and started playing all right, but he was the only one. I thought Cork had a pretty good game. Melier had nothing to do, so I can't really judge his. He couldn't have saved the goal. No, he... <laughs> so. No. Um, I thought Pascal Strauch was good. Um, he, the fact that Cooper's been on was on the bench, and that's both the Arsenal game and the Forest game. Has that switch finally happened? Then, do you think where Strauch is properly ahead of Cooper in the pecking order? It, he could, he could well be. It might also just be that Cooper's. Not had a lot of minutes in a while, um, and he's not there fitness wise. But um, I mean, look, if if you are going based purely off our central defenders' abilities and taking Verber out with him not been available, I think technically you are picking the two best in 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 Cock and Stroud. Um, again, the hope is at this point that that those two can work well enough together for the for the remainder of the season that that we don't need Cooper's leadership in there. Um because yeah. I think I think it got to that point last season where you were there going like look I think we have defenders better than this man but we clearly need him in this team. Yeah. Um but yeah you kind of hope at this point that Strout can can kind of keep his head up for the rest of the season. Yeah, that would be definitely the thing I'd like to see. Because, as I mean, Verb has been really good. I still think Strauch's ceiling is higher. Mm. But Verb has been that good that he has earned and made it his place. Um, Sinistera starting over Nonto. Pre-game, there was some questions about it, but Sinistera was excellent. Yeah, like we said, I think it's a fair question after his performance against Arsenal. Like, he just... Yeah. He just was not in that game at all. Mm. Um so so I don't think it, it was unfair to to say, you know, why is he in when you know it just turns out we just need to put him on the other side. Yeah. And, also uh, I, I suppose the other side of that is as well a relegation threatened team against runaway league leaders is is a different kettle of fish to two teams at the bottom end playing each other and you need, you know, and you are going to put this lad in his best position. Yeah. I have, a, I've, I've got a very half-baked, very not enough sample size theory that against a high line, you probably want Monto and against a team that's sitting back, you want Sinistera. Mm. Um, I think Sinistera is better in that situation, but I, I think long term we'd like to get them both in the side anyway. Uh, but the last and, thing about and the, Somerville and yeah. Harrison, yeah. The last thing about the Forest game that I wanted to bring up was my favourite thing about the Forest game, and that was McKenny and Rocker. Mark, Mark bit, Rocker bit... was was fantastic. Yeah. I have been dying to see this because obviously I've been in the weird position of I I've liked Mark Rocker the entire time. I still I think he's a good player. I think that playing under Marsh really didn't suit him because you're having to just smash your passes into the middle where there's eight people and it just isn't good. But he had his best game in a lead shirt. And McKenny, who I have been less sold on, also I think had his best game in a lead shirt. <laughs> but as a partnership, I thought they were absolutely fantastic in the middle. Um, my favourite thing about any of it wasn't Rocker's passing, which I, I always like. Weston McKenney, on about four different occasions, got the ball off the defender, realised he had two yards, turned and broke, and sort of broke the first line. And all of a sudden, 
that the wingers can go stand right on the touchline and you've got all of these options all of a sudden from him making one turn and running five yards. I thought that he, he really made a massive difference in that game. I thought he was outstanding. It's, it's the one thing you, you could have always been able to say about Weston McKinney is that physically he is fantastic. Like he's a big lad, knows how to use his strength, but he, but he is very athletic as well. Really um, good, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, he, and as, as much as I, as I like Tyler Adams, you don't, you lose a bit of that physical presence in there with him. Like, I know he loves a tackle, but in terms of just the ability to dominate a player, he's got that as McKenney. And my God, if he could pick out a pass in the final third, he, he yeah. would be playing in the top half of the Premier yeah. League. Yeah. What I would say is that was much better for him as well. That was his best day I've seen of him passing. Mm. He uh, like he, some of the crossfield balls he hit were really nice, and I just I just thought them two as a partnership were both really good. I end I mean I think Rocker did get man at match on the pole, and I think that's who I would have picked as well. But I think that you could have easily given it to either of them, and it'd have been perfectly fine. And yeah, I just thought that it was a very good performance. Um, I was delighted to see it and. Hopefully, because I doubt we're going to see Adams again this season. If we are, it won't be for much of it. Hmm. Hopefully, them two can get really settled as a partnership. Yeah. Um, like I say, it, it, we, we just need... It'd be great to get a bit of consistency now and have the same team play pretty much every game outside of its sort of tactical shifts or anything like that, but... You know, it'd be quite nice to have a, a settled team. And, and I suppose in terms of central midfielders, those are you those are you two that are left now. I, you know, I know we've spoken about Darko Jamie, but um th- those are clearly that's those are the choices that we're going with. Mm. Maybe Rasmus Christensen, apparently. Um Yeah. I know he scored a goal, but I wouldn't be doing that again. No. <laughs> no, it's um, no, it's, it's probably not the ta- the tactic I would like to see either. But um, yeah, I, you know, we'll come on to this. Um, I suppose there is a debate as to whether as to, as to whether Grafia wants to have Rodrigo starting up front with Bamford, or if you want to start every game with two players on the pitch who can who will sort of lead a press like. Bamford and Aronson do, and then introduce Rodrigo later on. Um, See, I think, I think because we're not really, we're not full court pressing anymore. Games such as, I mean, before the game, I'm fine with the team he picked. Obviously, with better side before the game for this one, and I think the same for Palace. I would like to see him start like Rodrigo and Bamford, or Nonto and Bamford. If you're playing against a team where you're not going to have loads of the ball, then yeah, I'd probably pick Allenson. But yeah, the um, the I just keep thinking if we, if you could get Rodrigo and Bamford playing together and it working, I think that that's enough. Um. Anyway, that win, that very 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 important win. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, we both predicted a win with a wrong score. Casey's bet was void because Christensen didn't start. Um, so yeah, a man was uh, Harrison first goal, and he got the second goal. So that's a bit annoying. That takes leads to one's it. Leeds are now eighth favourite for relegation, and we are we are thirteen to two. And you can probably get more than that if you shop around. Uh, so the main question is: Do you are you still scared? Oh yeah, and, and the more the more important question: How scared? Um, slightly. It is how scared I am, I suppose. Um, it's good that at the moment now there is only one team in the bottom three that could catch us. With yeah, you've got forty. You've got four teams now on twenty-seven. Wolves twenty-eight. Those twenty-nine. Palace thirty. Um. I suppose at this point, with how tight it is, it's just trying to get as many bodies as you can in between you and and eighteenth. Mm. 
Um, you know, it's been, it's been a great week for us this week in terms of results. They, they've all gone our way, these yeah. midweek matches. Yeah, uh, what, were, what were they? Uh, Brighton won at Bournemouth, Villa won at Leicester, and then Newcastle battered West Ham on Wednesday. Yeah, I'd say if I was a West Ham fan, I'd be a bit worried. Yeah. I'd be, I'd, um, I mean, I'm saying that, that, you know, we're all in that position, but... Um, they, I mean, they did what we did against Arsenal, was that, you know, they got the goal back just before half-time at West Ham. And you must, and, you know, they're sending them out. And I assume if you're David Moyes, you are saying something along the lines of nothing daft, keep it tight. Oh, they've scored within about 40 seconds of the yeah. second half. It's like, oh, this, this game's going now. Yeah. Uh, I have just checked. 13 to 2 is the top price. Are we reaching? And, and I can tell you that for me, we definitely are. It, it, I think we've reached insurance bet time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if, if, if any Leeds fans are a massive pessimist, if you're going to do it, now's the time, I think. And then if we beat Palace, you do another one, and then you should be solid. Um, there's only one bit of news to talk about because we've already talked about Jack Harrison's new contract. So we'll talk. Uh, and this isn't... Oh, well, there's two. Do you want the hilarious one or the hilarious one? Uh, I'll go with the second hilarious one, please. Well, the second hilarious one uh, is that Frank Lampard is the new Chelsea manager. I'll tell you what, when you've got a group of players that are underperforming, you think, God, we need to get ourselves a good man manager in, someone who's going to lift these lads up. Oh, I, can't, I don't know. You know, these lads have got the talent, but they're you know they're really they're really not helping themselves. They're underperforming. They're letting themselves down. They're letting me down. Um, yeah, odd choice again. Knows the club. He does that. He does have that. Mm. I'd have gone Di Matteo personally if we're if we're going former players to bring back. You know, Frank Lampard had a good season. Di Matteo won the Champions League. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what they're thinking. You know, they'll just give it him. You know, yeah, they've got yeah, they've got Wolves tomorrow, but they've got Real Madrid on Wednesday. <laughs> if they end up shit house in the Champions League with that useless fucking charge, I'll be I'll be really annoyed. Well, I, but, think, I, saw, I think I saw somewhere that Ancelotti had uh, had left Everton and uh, got Real Madrid straight after. Yeah, got Real Madrid straight after in the Champions League and. Uh, and Frank Lampard has, will generously say, left Everton. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Well, Tuchel's the, 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 Tuchel's the, got sacked from Chelsea and got the Bayern job. Ah, oh, brilliant. Now, um, yeah, they're all over the shop. Uh, but the other hilarious one that isn't confirmed but looks very likely is that Leicester City have looked at a situation where they have. 19 for 25 points from 29 games in dreadful form. And their solution is Jesse Marsh. Now, he'll probably, make them, he'll probably make them better defensively than they are at the minute because they are awful. They are really awful defensively. Oh, famously, really solidified our team. He, he did make them marginally better defensively than they were when it was all going tits up. He didn't make us better, but the defend we conceded fewer goals, mostly because we stopped attacking. Uh, <laughs> but I, that does not strike me as a good idea. No, no, it doesn't. Like who who has been probably their most effective players this year? I, admittedly, I do not watch them every week. I might be off base here, but like it's Madison ha- and Barnes, <laughs> Madison and Harvey Barnes. Yeah. Just sticking them you know in the they, middle. You know and, where they like to be. Yeah, sticking. I mean, I know Madison is, you know, gets involved in central areas. But if everyone's involved in central areas, he has no space. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you who I feel sorry for is uh, Castagna and Christensen. There, as the fullbacks who are set to be wildly exposed. Yeah. Um, they are still odds against because uh, it's Southampton, Forest, and Bournemouth that are the favourites. Then Leicester, then Everton. Now, 
Um, if Jesse Marsh takes that job, I'll, uh, I, I mean, I'm not surprised at him taking it, but I'm very surprised at Leicester offering him it. And I know that he's a bit dour and like players don't, and a lot of times people don't have great things to say when he's gone from a club. But how none of these clubs have signed Benitez? <laughs> I, I wonder if he just has a ludicrous fee. It must be at this point. Because yeah. I'm in the end very happy that we didn't being got, and we got Graffy. I'm pretty, I'm very pleased with that. But like, there's been loads of people panicking at the bottom and sacking managers, and none of them got him. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's been there's been some interesting choices because again, the, the the discussion was that that we'd left it too late to to be getting someone in. Yeah, and now you're seeing the clubs that are going after us, and you're looking at. What's left? Yeah, I mean, it's getting later and later, and it's happening more and more. Like, and it really, like, for instance, it really looked like they, if they've backed Moyes, but if he loses another one badly, you could see that going. Forrest have come out and said they're not sacking Steve Cooper, but he said it in a way of yet. <laughs> I'll sack him today. Yeah. Um, um, that's just it, it's crazy this season with managerial departures, absolutely insane. But, um, uh, Jesse, I, I like you as a person. I I really hope, uh, well, I don't necessarily hope you go down, I just hope some teams go down instead of Leeds. And if you happen to be yeah. one of them, I, I am okay with that. Yeah, if you would lose, if you take over and lose every game, fine, yeah. <laughs> Um, which brings us on to we said we needed four points minimum from these two games. We've got three. If you can get six and you've got 32 from 30, and you puts us to 12, you will go up to 12. Yeah, we're still in it, but you're in a very solid position in terms of avoiding relegation at that point. So this could be massive if we win this. Uh, Palace at home, Sunday, two o'clock. Um, they I haven't seen everything from the press conference, but I've seen Zaha is definitely out and uh, Guaita in goal is definitely out. Uh, oh, Sam Johnson is the second choice goalkeeper. Oh, he's a decent keeper. Is he still injured? Uh, he was on the bench against Leicester, so I'm oh, assuming. That... All right. Um, because um, and... they they had to play that young kid, didn't they, for one game? Yeah, whose name escapes me. And I assume. Jordan Ayew comes in. Look at looking um, at their at their bench. Yeah, like I, I was gonna like look back at their teams, but there's actually only any point in looking at that Leicester game, isn't there? Yeah, because that's Hudson's only game. So like he played a four three three, Elise and Zaha on the wings, and like Eze and Schlupp as the two eights either side of the courier. Hmm. So you would think similar thing. Yeah, probably. Ayu or he moves Eze out to the left and brings in a centre mid. It was it was Ayu that came on for for Zaha in the, in the last game as well. And okay, cool. that's most likely then. Yeah. Again, it's a it's a player that Roy Hodgson knows. Yeah. So um Yeah, again, like this is a team that in any normal season, they would be just above the relegation scrap. Like they, because when they sacked Vieira, they were doing pretty much as well as they were last season. It's just, just that there was a couple of teams. Like... Yeah, there's just a couple of teams that had actually been cut adrift at this point, you know, or were yeah. further away. Yeah. I mean, uh, when, when they sacked Vieira, they hadn't got it, was something like they hadn't won in 11. Mm. Um, but they, it was that run. They had like three games in a row where they didn't have a shot on target. And I think that's what did for them. And by the sounds of it, they were a bit pissed off with Vieira anyway, because apparently he made a few overtures to try and get the Leeds job, um, which probably pissed them off a little bit. Um, if with, the, with what they're playing under Hodgson, they won't be doing anything mad tactically, so neither will we. Will anything change from the Forest game? Um, 
I don't think so. I'd, I'd certainly think, as I said earlier, there's an argument to having Rodrigo come in for Aronson, but I I think he'll he'll stick with with this at the moment. Aronson's pretty much started every game under under Gratia so far, hasn't he? I was certainly on a run of starting in this role. Yeah. Now that Zaha's definitely out, I'm bringing Christensen for Ailing. I think hmm. Ailing has done pretty well against Zaha when he's played against him. So if it was still Zaha, I think I'd have stuck with it. But I'm looking at what their like their left side, Ayu, Schlup, Mitchell. Not particularly worrying. The right-hand side, Ward, Eze, Elise, that's more worrying. More for Eze, Elise. Like, Eze yeah. and Elise are both very good players, very technically gifted, and I'm going to say it because he keeps proving me wrong. Those players running at Furpo, despite Furpo's recent form, is still a worry. But he keeps keeps doing well, so hopefully he keeps going. Um there isn't any re- like these shouldn't be terrible at the back because Anderson and Matt Gehi is a good centre back pairing. But like, do you think that I'm guessing they're just going to sit deep and sort of invite us on and try and counter? Um, yeah, I suppose away from home, that I think in their position at an away point is probably not a bad return. From this either, so no. For yeah. for them, it's a very it's a very good result. It just all it is for them is I'm going right. That keeps leads below us. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I can see them doing that. Um. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, it, it will be be very different from because obviously the the game at Selhurst Park this season was them figuring out how we played and chipping the ball over our midfield and towards our left-hand side and whoever was playing left-back that day being woefully exposed. Yeah. It might what have been it, Junior Furpo. What way? Did, did we get beat 2-1 at their place? Yeah, we went 1-0 in front and then just had nothing in the game after that. Oh, was that the one with, with Aronson's really nice, mazy run where he cut inside on his left foot and it got... Was it back off the post and then Strauch? Yes. Yeah, and then cross pretty soon after one one, and then Eze scored late on, didn't he? Mm. Which might not have been late, but just later. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this game and just thinking it's a very. I think it looks fairly even. I don't think their team looks better than ours, but it's not like there's a massive talent differential either. No, I'd, I'd certainly with. I mean, I I really like Elise and and Eze, and if you get those guys playing, um, you know they they will cause problems. But they're not so good that we can't deal with them. No, Decore will like sit back and shepherd the back four. The three, it's the other thing I've remembered from the first game. Decore definitely should have got sent off. Because he I had, don't remember that, but he had like a straight, a, a nearly a straight red tackle that he got booked for, and then another one that was definitely a booking. Mm. Uh, so like he could have gone twice, but yeah, that I'd forgot about that until now. Um, that is, I reckon this will be like if this was at, if this was away, I'd be thinking this will be really even if we get a point that's fine but because it's at home you've got to go for it so i think we're going to get them i'm going to say leads 2-1 uh now i don't know what to believe in um i i think we win you know what i'm going i'm going to say I'm, I'm, you know let's do a roll reverse here i'll go 3-1 leads Let's, oh. let's uh, switch places, you and me. Yeah, and uh, I haven't had a look for any bets as yet, but we'll have a... Neither have I. Uh, seeing as they've boosted it and given his current form, uh, Harrison, any time, 7-1. to one. Sorry, I'm just looking at... Uh, I was just looking at 
Nets, um, Crystal Palace's team, seeing who their left back is and uh, hoping for Tyreek Mitchell to score a similar own goal against Sam Johnson that happened when we played West Brom in the Premier League. Mm. Give him some sort of Vietnam-style flashbacks. The Romain Sawyer's back pass. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for remembering that it was Romain Sawyer's because I could have been here for a while. Uh, Let's have a look. What is this? Let's find a special on Patrick Bamford. Patrick Bamford to have the first shot on target, four to one. Bamford first shot on target. Yes. Oh, yeah, we're thinking Bamford a shot on target. Uh, my my other one that I'm 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 not having this as my one, but I'm just looking at Joe Ward, and then if he has Eze and Elise ahead of him. My main thing for us winning this game. Is I think Sinistera might have a field day there. Here's hoping. I think he's going to be one on one against Joe Ward a lot. And Joe Ward is a very solid footballer, but he's not quick anymore. The weird thing is, Sinistera doesn't seem to be that quick. His just feet are so quick. Could, yeah. could just say as well the, uh, and I quite like it when you get this in football that uh, Junior Furpo, with the most unassuming assist in that game, a simple five-yard pass to Sinistera, yeah. who then went off and did the legwork. There was a little underrated bit with that. Um, just as Sinistera looks to cut back inside, Furpo makes a run which takes away the player inside him, mm. which genuinely did make a difference. It, if, without that run, that chance is a lot more difficult. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad Furpo's having this run of form. Like, it makes me happy because I was, I had completely written him off. And I was one of the nicer ones. <laughs> and I'd completely written him off. So it's great to see. Um, yeah, that will, I think, do us then for episode 209 at Mike White's podcast. We, um, we just, if we can get another three points, we get ourselves into a really solid position. And then, yeah, we're not out of it by any stretch. We'll still be scared and all of that. But I think we can start to just calm down a little bit if we win on Sunday. Uh, so I've been Jack. See you. I'm in Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.